This episode of Radio Atlantic is brought to you by Microsoft Copilot for Security. In the age of AI, we're empowering security teams to better detect and better defend cyber threats. Stay tuned to find out how. Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Nearly every day this past week, I've talked on the phone with a man named Marwan. Hello. Hello. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, Hello. good evening, Marwan. His full name is Marwan Bardawil. He's 60 and he lives in Gaza, where the phone connection is understandably spotty right now. The problem is that the networks are so weak. Marwan has a very specific job. He's not a political or military figure. He's not a foreign policy expert or an activist. Marwan is an engineer, specifically a water engineer for the Palestinian Water Authority. And his job is to get water to the two million people that live in Gaza, which is hard, even in normal times. Gaza sits between a dry desert and the salty Mediterranean, so they have to pump groundwater up from below. But over 97% of that water doesn't meet the water quality standards of the World Health Organization. It's often salty, brackish, or contaminated. The plants needed to clean that water require fuel, which is in very short supply right now. And the only other major reliable source of clean water comes from three pipes controlled by Israel, which the day the war started, Israel turned off. I'm Hannah Rosen, and for this episode of Radio Atlantic, my phone calls with Marwan as he tries to keep the water flowing in Gaza. The humanitarian crisis there right now is overwhelming. The Gaza Health Ministry says more than 8,700 people have been killed so far. Food and fuel are running out. And if Marwan can't get enough water to the right places, it gets much worse. We are very close to a public health disaster. Mm. And the, the, the number of impacted people will be huge to the limit that the health authorities in Gaza cannot cope with. Without enough clean water, people get dehydrated, hygiene deteriorates, sewage backs up. Palestinians are already crowded into schools and shelters, seeking refuge from the war. Take away clean water, and soon cholera and other deadly diseases could spike. Israel has ruled out allowing basic resources or humanitarian aid into Gaza until Hamas releases the hostages it abducted during the weekend. In the days after Hamas's terror attack, Israel cut off utilities in Gaza. Israel's sustained bombardment has now killed more than 1,400 people. But Israel's energy minister has insisted no electricity, fuel or water supplies will be turned on until the hostages are home. So when I began talking to Marwan last week, I wanted to know exactly what he saw at that moment. One of the thousand pipes goes down from 700 cubic meter hour to zero. Other line, 800 
cubic meter per hour goes to zero. The first one, 1,400 cubic meter per hour goes to zero. You could see that immediately? It's a matter of two minutes after they close it. With fuel about to be in short supply, these three pipes from Israel are Gaza's lifeline. This is the first time that they did such a thing. That they, they took a decision on a higher level, and which is not technical. That means it's not a matter of hours or days. That means we have to look for managing the water without this source. But then several days later, one of these pipes got turned back on. It was a huge relief for Marwan. How or why they got one back, he's not thinking about that. He's just doing the math. Hospitals, houses, stores all need water. Two million people in Gaza need water. And one pipe is better than none. I don't want to imagine that this pipeline will be cut off again. I don't want to have a nightmare while I am wake up. What we have today is this pipeline is functioning as normal, and I hope that this will stay. At this point, it was Wednesday, October 25th, and as we were talking, there was one functioning pipe. How many more days until there wouldn't be enough clean water to go around? At this hour, if things are remaining like this, after three, four days, the disaster is there. A month ago, Marwan and his wife were empty nesters. Their son and daughter had both moved out, gotten married, and had children. They would visit at least once a week and occasionally take vacations together. Now, they're all together in a small apartment in South Gaza. The kids are understandably confused. Where did our old rooms go? Why can't we take a bath every night before bed, like we used to? The answer is not so kid-friendly and runs through Marwan's head all day. They have a little more than one gallon of water for six adults and two children. And that has to last for two days. The first thing you stop doing is having showers. You back maybe 100 years ago when there was no showers. And so on, you start to make the kids as the first priority, not you. So instead of drinking a lot of coffee and teas and other drinks, you stop doing that or you do it once a day or twice a day. You stop cooking the type of food that consume water. Relatively speaking, he and his family are lucky. Marwan is able to pay for a private water company with a solar-powered desalination machine to fill up the building's water tank once in a while. That is a luxury. When Israel started bombing Gaza, they told civilians in the north to move south. But about two-thirds of Gazans live below the poverty line. So, unlike Marwan, many can't afford to rent a temporary apartment in the south, much less buy private stores of water. Instead, a lot of Gazans are cramped into makeshift shelters in schools and hospitals. The way they get their water is they walk for miles looking for an open water station and then carry those gallon jugs back to the shelter. Even before this war, the majority of Gaza's health problems came from contaminated water. Marwan hears from his engineers in the field 
that skin diseases are already starting to show up at the shelters. That's a first sign of worse problems to come. Some civilians couldn't find to drink, or they had very limited time to drink, or to clean the toilet after they use it. So there is a potential of uh, the insects to grow in the toilet. There is the smell, uh, the gases that produced from the sewage. So from the moment he wakes up, Marwan is on the phone to the Red Cross, to contacts in the West Bank, to engineers on the ground, to the UN, asking if there are any desalination plants working, if any pipes burst today. Should the water that day be diverted to the hospital or the bakeries or the shelters? Now, every once in a while, people show up at his door asking for water. They figure he works in the Water Authority. He must have access to some magic tap that keeps the water flowing in his apartment at all times. They think that, of course, you just make a phone call and the water comes, which is not the case. Marwan has actually seen his own water run down to zero. A water engineer without running water, relying on a couple of ordinary water bottles. In the last 20 days, more than three times, we experienced a time with uh, no water at all. And what happens on a day like that? You're nervous. It's a hard day. It's a very, very hard day. You cannot explain it. You cannot explain how you spend the time and to try to use the minimum of the water. I call Marwan the next day. The math has accelerated. Yeah, if you are talking about numbers, one day is past, so it's minus one. Yesterday we are talking about three days, today we are talking about two days. Tomorrow we will talk about one day, and that's it. It's, it's like you are running fast to the edge of the hole. That day started with a whole new problem. A pipe burst near a cluster of apartment buildings. An engineer in the field sent him a picture which I asked Marwan to describe to me. A street full of sewage. It's like a small lake of sewage. And does someone live on that street? Yeah, yeah, a street where people live, yeah. On a normal, non-wartime day, this is an easy problem. You call an emergency technician, they bring in a suction truck to clean up the mess, disinfect the area, and then replace the pipe. I asked him if he could do that now. No, we cannot do anything. You cannot even uh, reach the place. We just wait till it evaporates. Nothing to do. It's, it's beyond your uh, capabilities, beyond your control. You know that this is will harm the people, but uh, what we can do? Nothing. And it's not time to clean yourself because. Uh, What's happening is much beyond, uh, beyond us. We as, as, as civilian, as pure technical people responsible for water, we just concentrate on providing water to the people, not more. So, of course, we can fix engineering problems, but it's not the right situation to think that way. We just hope that all this ends, and we hope that 
people and the civilians not to be uh, the side that uh, lose everything, lose their lives or their health. Marwan sometimes goes to conferences with Israeli water technicians. They share a border, which means they share some other things, like an aquifer, runoff, and pipes. At these conferences, Marwan says the tone is pretty collegial. They speak technical English, trade tips about water management. What's unspoken is the power dynamic. Israel controls construction materials flowing in and out of Gaza, which are needed to repair and update these water systems. Nothing comes in or out without Israeli approval. And we have technical persons. We just uh, respect that this is the rule and this is the frame that we have. Even if we don't uh, know exactly what the reason behind that, sometimes it's not understandable. So it's, uh, we do our best to, to do uh, things the right way. Why do you respect the rule? It's not a matter of why. It's a matter of you don't have the choices. They are the controlling power. Marwan is 60, and he's seen Gaza go through a lot of changes. When he was a kid, he used to go fishing at the beach. I remember fishing with the, as a fisherman, watching them all the time, swimming, try to learn riding waves. He's never taken his grandkids to that beach. It was highly polluted by sewage water and unswimmable for years. Although a year ago, after a massive international cleanup effort, Gazans did start swimming there again. And many reported that for the first time in years, the water looked blue. I wanted to hear more about his childhood, but it was by then almost midnight Gaza time. Marwan was sounding tired, though he was too polite to say so. We hope, pray on, every moment, not only for the people of Gaza, but for the people of all the region to have normal, safe life. Which mm-hmm. mm-hmm. look, by the way, after all these disasters for more than 75 years, I think time is, is, is now for solving this forever. Not just a few years and then back again to the cycle, which is, if we will continue like this, there will be no end. I said goodnight and take care to Marwan. I would talk to him the next day. But then when I called, I heard a recording. The mobile number you have dialed can be reached at the moment. You can leave a voice message by calling start, then the mobile number. More from Gaza after the break. We're entering a new era of security. Cyber threats are escalating rapidly. And while tech alone can't eliminate every threat, it can empower security teams to quickly respond to incidents at scale. Microsoft is transforming the industry by innovating to arm teams with the resources necessary to outpace adversaries and operate at machine speed. Microsoft Copilot for Security, powered by generative AI, works alongside defenders. Stay tuned to learn more about Copilot's capabilities after the episode. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? 
Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander, or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We begin tonight with a major escalation in the Israel-Hamas war and what may turn out to be the next phase in a long and grueling battle. Israel unleashing a massive wave of airstrikes as it expands its ground operations in Gaza as well. Meanwhile, Gaza is facing a near-total communications blackout, cutting Palestinians off from the outside world and, of course, cutting them off from each other. Marwan, this is Hannah. Hi. 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 I couldn't. We couldn't reach you for. We couldn't reach you. Is everyone safe? Yeah. 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 What? What was it? What happened in the last few days? They disconnect all the internet and communication from Friday noon till Sunday morning. Marwan explains to me how they felt that weekend. And the word he used was blind. No calls in or out, no reaching the Red Cross or the UN, no reaching family, no reaching the guy who brings the water tank to their apartment, no way of knowing what was going on outside their walls. But now with the phones back on, Marwan had work to do. He had to take care of a damaged pipeline. Uh, sorry, can we talk later? Yes, of course, yes, of course. I have, I have to take care of some of the damage This was on Monday. The Israelis had opened up a second pipe, and a spokesperson with the Israeli Defense Forces said that now these two open pipes should provide enough water to meet basic humanitarian needs. But the second pipe was damaged. So Marwan had to find a technician to fix it. We reconnected later in the day. Yeah, I just hope that this pipeline will start functioning tomorrow. Is this a big relief or it's just small? It will serve the population around quarter million. Oh, good. That's good. It's a a big one, yes. That's good. It was a good moment. A quarter million people getting clean water would be a huge relief. But when we spoke the next day, the pipe still wasn't running. And the first pipe, that one was down too. Marwan told me it was a technical issue. He said both should be running soon. But the reality was that for now, at the moment he and I were talking, they were back to where they'd been at the start of the war. Zero pipes working. The people are in need, really in need for each drop of water. People cannot practice their normal hygiene practices. And this surely will impact their health. Right. So every drop of water is important. Yes. Are you okay? Did you get sick? Yeah, I got the flu. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm very sorry. It's not the time for it, but you know, the environment are full of dust. Every time I called him, he seemed more exhausted, which makes complete sense. Gazans are depending on him. His neighbors are depending on him. 
His family is depending on him. He's physically tired, but also just thoroughly exhausted. We deserve a life which is uh, suitable for a human being. We deserve a better life. When the peace process started back in 1993, uh, the majority of the Palestinians dreamed that maybe this is the time that we will have the same opportunity as others. And we, we, we dreamed that maybe this is the chance, but things are... Uh, went beyond the control of the normal people. We are the normal people. We are not the player of this game. We are not the players of this game. That evening, we talked some more. He told me about times he traveled to Europe to learn more about water management. And he told me he wasn't sure his kids would want to raise their families in Gaza. After about 20 minutes, I wanted to let Marwan get some rest. He told me he was the only one still awake in his house. While we were talking, his wife, kids, and grandkids had all gone to sleep. Everybody's sleeping? Just you're not sleeping? Yeah, because sleeping nowadays, it's like when you have the opportunity to sleep, you jump to the bed. So you don't know when things are deteriorated around you. Voices, and the pumping uh, could be closed. Even if you, are, you feel that you are far away from anything, the atmosphere, the environment around you is scary. So you just can't hear anything. It's very quiet, so everyone just goes to bed. Yes, I think you caught me in the last moment before I went to sleep. Okay, Marwan, you know what? Go to sleep. <laughs> I think maybe you should go to sleep because you're also sick. Um, so why don't you go to sleep and sleep well while, while it is quiet? And if we need to, I will call you again tomorrow. Yeah, you are welcome. Okay, thank you so much, and I hope you rest. You are welcome. You are welcome. Okay, bye. At the time of this recording, Wednesday, November the 1st, we couldn't get the latest water update from Marwan. Gaza was under another communications blackout. This episode was produced by Kevin Townsend, edited by Claudine Abade, engineered by Rob Smirciak, fact-checked by Sam Fentress. Claudine is the executive producer of Atlantic Audio. Andrea Valdez is our managing editor. I'm Hannah Rosen, and we'll be back next week. This episode of Radio Atlantic is brought to you by Microsoft Copilot for Security completely integrated into your organization's security infrastructure. This AI companion is informed by 78 trillion signals daily to help you catch the threats others miss and reinforce your team's security posture efficiently. It synthesizes data from numerous sources and can analyze 500 lines of code in under a minute to put critical guidance at defender's fingertips. It helps teams detect threats and take action in minutes instead of hours or days which can reduce attack investigation time by up to 40%. 
the co-pilot also serves as a key second pair of eyes, upskilling junior analysts with advanced capabilities, which frees up senior staff to focus on strategic priorities, all while safeguarding your data privacy. Learn more at microsoft.com slash copilot for security.